Welcome back to West Bev. I'm Caitlin. I'm Ariel. And this is your Beverly Hills 90210 podcast, where we break down every episode of the 10-season show. Today, we're talking about Season 9, Episode 8, I'm Back Because. Mary, what happened this week? David handles the procedures of the American judicial system about as well as any other character on this show, complete with chasing his accusers out of the deposition in violation of a restraining order to yell about how they're ruining his life. But it's fine. Dylan is here to run around in the background to solve all his problems with the help of Mrs. Teasley. Steve doesn't like that his mom is reportedly dating her much younger co-star, but she doesn't like that he prints unverified celebrity gossip in his publication, so I guess they're even. When Steve sees his mother's alleged boyfriend dancing with some other woman at the pee pad, he confronts, then punches him, before his mom tells him they're not actually dating and she's gay. Callie and her mother disagree about her very ill grandfather's end-of-life care decisions. Matt is broke and clientless, and no one will let him smoke a cigarette about it. But he isn't exactly clientless by the end. Even if David's case is dismissed, it looks like the Beverly Beat is getting sued for libel, so he can trade legal representation for rent at Casa Walsh. Also, he tells Kelly that he'll give her all the time she needs to figure out the whole Dylan is back thing. I don't think we have enough seasons left for this. Donna thinks 12 bouquets of flowers is a bit too much, but also not enough for Noah to make up for what he did. But Noah won't stop trying, even as Gina attempts to poison him and Donna against each other. Why is it this hard to break them up? I know. Like, literally, yeah. It's it's almost like they're too stubborn to like, actually make a decision. <laughs> you know? It's like, they just can't do it. Ugh. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we can we can jump right into that mm-hmm. because okay. So first of all, David, we're at the pee pad. We open up on David's radio show again, where now instead of talking about Brandon leaving or sad breakup things, now he's talking about the mysterious Dylan McKay, who eight people know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's like the rumor today is that he's smuggling diamonds, but regardless, it's always a mystery. I'm like, nobody knows. Why is this a voiceover during the middle of a club? Why? Which the only thing I could think of was like, well, Dylan did used to own the pee pad at one point. So maybe people care. Maybe this is like the history of the club you're in. But to be honest with you, if I'm going to a club, I'm not researching who owns it before I go there. Like... <laughs> You know what I mean? Unless it's like a famous club owned by like, you know, Jay-Z or something. It's like, I don't really have interest in if, you know, Tom Jones like owns a club, is the owner of the club. I actually would be interested if Tom Jones himself owned a club. Well, sure. That's a bad (laughs) example. But like John Doe, right? Like just give a blank answer. But, you know, and, and, and so all it is is to set up just a perfect transition to Dylan and Kelly sitting at one of the tables having a drink and Kelly's like you are a mystery (laughs) and so Dylan responds in a very Dylan way here and I did not realize it at this point but Dylan was pissing me off and I couldn't figure out why because Mm -hmm. I wrote the quote I wrote the exact quote he says uh keep smiling it makes everyone wonder what you've been up to Mm-hmm. I'm like that like, is the live laugh love of 1990. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh I wrote it down because he says a wise man once told me, and I was really curious who actually said it, but I didn't yeah. look it up. So oh well. But then yeah, we have this other point where 
Donna and Gina are hanging out like nonstop. And so they're at the club again and Noah sends champagne over, but Donna sends it away. And it's this whole thing that can really be boiled down to Noah keeps sending gifts to Donna and all Donna wants is quality time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's the complete like mix up of love languages. And they're both beating themselves over the head like, why can't we figure this out? It's like, um, because you don't speak the same language, literally. Yeah, and even when they try to, the problem is they tell it through Gina, and so Gina's like, mm-hmm. I don't know. She's just yeah. not accepting your gifts. It's almost too easy for Gina. You know what I mean? Like, it's almost too easy for her to manipulate because they both seem to just not get it, so they're just willing to believe anybody else rather than talk to each other about what's really going on. Mm-hmm. Or when they do try and talk to each other, like, Noah comes over and is basically like, Donna, are you mad at me? What did I do wrong? And she says, nothing. And I'm like, girl, you are such a liar. Mm-hmm. He and has done just like, so many things. What? Yeah, and she's even just like, I mean, everything, all of this is just a lot, and I think you're trying too hard. When really it's like she's not trying too hard. He's just trying in a different way than she wants him to. And then, of course, like because he comes over and Kelly and Dylan are nearby, Kelly's like, oh, you know Noah. and um, Or, you know mm, – yeah, they, they introduced Dylan. Yeah. And Noah's like, I feel like I do with all the stories I've heard, la, la, la. And Dylan's just like, but you don't. Because <laughs> of course. Yeah. Which, this was another one where I had to think, Dylan and Donna never hooked up in any way, shape, or form, right? Like, not even a not- kiss like when Brandon and Donna did on the TV station. If they did, it was like a kiss and not, mm-hmm. you know, not romantic. Okay, because I wrote in my notes, I was like, is Dylan Gina's type? Because – Yes. Yeah, it kind of feels like it, but then she had specifically said last episode she goes for guys that Donna has been with. Right. So it was like, true. he might be her type, but she might just, like, write it off because it's not the exciting thrill that she well, wants. Well, yeah, because, like, and to your point about Gina just being, like, a mouthpiece or whatever, like, Donna leaves because she's like, I'm over this. I just want to go home. Can I catch a ride with you guys with to Kelly and Dylan? And Gina tells Noah that what he's doing is romantic. So that kind of reinforces what Noah's doing. So he's like, oh, okay, keep doing that. And, like, all he has to do is be like, okay, flower, champagne, that's not working. Mm -hmm. Donna, can we just talk? Can I just have a hug? Can we do something? But instead, yeah, he's got this little whisper in his ear of, like, oh, so romantic. Mm -hmm. And then outside, Matt is smoking a cigarette. Well, Which he's yeah, we really well, he's trying to, <laughs> but we really haven't seen a lot of smoking unless like the person's the bad guy. Like Matt, I think we've talked about he's a level-headed, he's a lawyer, da da da. But we've seen, you know, Valerie smoke. Yeah, it's like we've seen harder drugs than just cigarette smoking. Like we never mm-hmm. see anybody just have a casual like smoking habit. It's always got to be meth. It's got to be, like, heroin needles. It's got to be the bad stuff. <laughs> yes. Except for the time that – Don or not Donna. Oh, my God. Brenda picks up smoking <gasps> in France. God. Right, right. That's right. But That's again right. – But that was so long ago. Mm-hmm. And again, like, Brenda was the bad kid. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I just really love that he's, like, sitting out here trying to smoke a cigarette. And Steve is like, well, I'm sure you're busy with that. Uh, I'm just going to go inside. And then Matt yeah. just keeps talking. Yeah, Steve sucks. He's like, I don't care about you. I barely know you. I'm just going to keep going. But Matt's like, you know, 
Dylan and Kelly and Job and Soulmates and la 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 and that's it. Which I know we said last week that we're like kind of excited about the idea of a Kelly and Dylan when there's not a Brandon or Brenda around to make us upset. But even Steve saying like, oh, they once thought they were soulmates. I was like, yeah, but that was bullshit. And Dylan was going through a really hard time. Exactly. Well, and Steve says like they thought they were soulmates not only before Brandon, but during Brandon and after Brandon. So like not only are they setting up to be this like will they, won't they again with Dylan and Kelly, but also like, hey, Matt, you're nothing compared to Dylan is what Mm -hmm. he's basically saying. So like don't try. Yeah, <laughs> which makes Matt's behavior just shocking. Yeah. But cops pull up outside. They walk in. We don't see them have to, like, stop and talk to a bouncer, stop and talk to Noah. We don't see Matt running in after them to find out who they're arresting that will need representation. And they go straight for David and arrest him on the statutory charges that we mentioned last week. Yeah. And again, how is this club open <laughs> I know. They've had so much, like, not even just, obviously, the big stuff, like the fire and everything, but they've had so many, like, fights or arrests or just altercations that you're like, okay, this place clearly isn't safe. Like, at this point, it's a safety issue. Yeah, because it's not even just the guests. It's the employees. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, like, speaking of, right after the credits, it stays actually with David and... We get an establishing shot of West Bev. I was like, why are we by the high school? (laughs) Uh, It's because we came back to West Bev. Mm -hmm, That's right. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, apparently like they literally, this is the dumbest idea they've ever had, I think, outside of like the stealing the baseball or the, you know, whatever Steve does. But this is the dumbest thing that they've done because they literally come to the school even though David has a restraining order against him. So Dylan, well, I guess they decide that Dylan is going to go into the high school during high school hours and talk to a minor to get her to Mm -mm. drop the case. The Mm -mm. only positive thing that happens is that we see Mrs. fucking Teasley. Like, who would have expected it? (laughs) Honestly, we've talked about how they're getting us with the credits and we're having to watch everything. I didn't even register she was in there. Same. She just – popped up and surprised me in almost the best way possible. Yes. Because she tries and stops Dylan from doing stupid shit. No 20-something man should just be walking into a high school to talk to a 17-year-old. That's disgusting. A hundred percent. And, like, it's crazy because obviously the scene was batshit from the get-go. But then just the change in demeanor when Mrs. Teasley's like, Dylan. I'm like, okay. (laughs) Like, I I felt soothed. (laughs) Okay. But then the change that, like, was nails on a chalkboard to me was Dylan calling her Yvonne. I'm like, no, ma'am. No, ma'am. You cannot do that. You are, like, four years removed from high school. You cannot do that yet. I still call, like, if I ever were to see my band directors ever again, I, they are still Mr. D and Mr. Gene. That's their names. Mm-hmm. They don't yeah, have for Their first name is Mr. <laughs> yeah. I saw Mr. Dodson 10 years after high school, and he was Mr. Dodson. We'll never yep. say Alan. Nope. <laughs> Even Ms. Bright, who I literally – she was my Mr. Feeney. I literally had her 8th grade, ninth grade, 10th grade for English. And I, I won't call her Susie. I won't do it. Mm-mm. No. Their first names are Mr. and Mrs. or Doctor. Yeah, exactly. But him calling her Yvonne 
makes her let him talk to the, the student. And not only that, she tells Denise, like, oh, if you want to talk to me later, come find me, and leaves. That's the thing. Dylan says, I want to talk to her in private. I'm like, nope, Mrs. Teasley, you stay there. Not, Not allowed. that Dylan is, like, I, I would never think Dylan would, like, physically harm this woman. But you just don't, like, you don't let it happen, especially given the circumstances. But regardless of the circumstances, you don't do it. The issue at hand right now is a power dynamic. Exactly. Men in their 20s have something over teenage girls. It's yep. just how the world is. So mm-hmm. letting this one stay alone with her when there's trouble going on with his friend, no, absolutely not. Not okay. And then he yells at her down the hallway yells when she won't talk to him. In front of everybody. He's like, you're ruining my friend's life. Oh, this is going to be on you. La, la, la. Like, I'm like, whoa. Like, yeah. No, sir. Don't And do again, that. I was like, this is rubbing me so wrong. Like, Obviously, this is batshit behavior anyway, but, like, Mm -hmm. again, every time Dylan was doing stuff, I was getting upset, and then he just goes outside and is like, Matt's a lawyer, right? You should call him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you didn't help. (laughs) You should also call him. Yeah, it's like you kind of hurt the situation here, not helped, and thank God we have a gang, or a member, I almost said a gang member. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God we have a friend in the group now who is a lawyer, so convenient, and I feel like this is just the thing that keeps happening. constantly but i guess on the bright side like i'm just gonna keep moving because i i got really excited like the guest stars in this episode actually were wonderful because then the very next scene we go to the beverly beat and we see samantha and we haven't seen her in a while i love that she cares about her son reads the paper that he puts out every week and came down even though she has a job, we find out that she is acting on a new sitcom. She came down to be like, son, aim higher. Yeah, she hates that he's doing tabloid journalism. And she's like, how dare you? And also, like, stop giving people no privacy. Like, you need to know what boundaries are. Yeah, he mentions wanting to run a hit-and-run story about an actor, but nobody's confirmed anything. And he's like, mm-hmm. well, we'll just use his Oscar-winning photo. And Samantha is furious. Yeah. Like, He's like, oh, the word allegedly covers us covers us on everything. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Steve, you don't know anything. I know. Brandon actually protected his sources and new journalism because he'd been doing it forever. You don't right. know what you're talking about. But I just, man, I love seeing Samantha back. I love her haircut. Like, it, she just looks good. She looks happy. And, like, that's weird to say about a fictional character. But I'm like, I'm in, like, yeah. Give me Samantha. Give me Mrs. Teasley. Just don't let Mrs. Teasley get bullied by Dylan and let Samantha, like, hold her ground. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think my issues every time the kids do something stupid is, like, they need parental guidance. And so mm-hmm. when a parent shows up and is like, no, you can't talk to a child or yeah. you can do better because I raised you to do better. Yep. Which, you know, is a whole different argument, but whatever. Well, and then we're still, like, establishing things, right? Like, we're still setting up all, like, what the characters are doing. So we have to see Gina and Noah shopping together for some reason. Some reason they decided to go together. And he, like, I guess at least to Noah's credit, he's like, I'm lucky to even get a shot with Donna. So I'm glad he recognizes that. Like, yeah, he's been doing some bad behavior and he needs to fix things. But Mm -hmm. Gina is just there to stir pot. She's just there to manipulate Noah and basically, like, says well it wouldn't be hard for me to forgive you if i loved you you know ha 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 ha, whatever and then noah's looking at this like angel charm thing 
that he knows that Noah, I mean, he knows that Donna would really like. And then Gina's just like, oh, she doesn't need that. She's already spoiled enough. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, why doesn't Noah report this back to Donna? That's the thing is this is when I realized it's working. Gina is working as much as an attempted valve replacement than Mm -hmm. anything else because these are things that Val would do and she would get away with it because nobody would talk to each other. They would hear the word spoiled, hold it in their brains, and then accidentally release it later while Val gets to be like, oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. I've never said that about you before ever in my life. Never, never, never. Yeah. It's like your word against mine, like la la la. And it's – I also think she's a little of a Val replacement attempted, alleged, Mm -hmm. because Val had – her relationship with Kelly and now it seems like Gina is going after Donna at the same speed, but it does seem like she's doing it much more vindictively. Right. For sure. Like there's a clear motive here rather than Val just kind of liking chaos. Chaos. You know, this, this is, yeah, this is purely like she's talked to her mother and her mother has a vendetta against Felice. So therefore Gina has a vendetta against Donna. Mm Mm-hmm. And then we find out that Jackie's in this episode, too. Dude, I'm telling you, the guest stars, they had, like, four guest stars this this uh, episode that I was like, oh, my God. I mean, Dylan included, right? Because he's still mm-hmm. tabbed as a special guest star. But, yeah, so Jackie and Kelly are at the hospital because, unfortunately, Kelly's grandfather is having a lung reduction surgery because he has emphysema, which obviously, like, you know, a lot of us know emphysema is a pretty, like, devastating disease to have, especially as an old person. And... Ultimately, they say that he only has about six months to live. Jackie thinks somehow that there will be a cure in six months for emphysema. And that might have been the craziest thing that was said this episode. And there were a lot of crazy things that were said this episode. I was like, Jackie, you can't seriously think that in six months time, there will be a cure for emphysema. Well, and it's so wild to me that Jackie is going to be in this episode and have a whole storyline dedicated to her and Kelly when David was just arrested and has a restraining order. They don't even mention it because Kelly knows. Kelly was there. Kelly saw what happened. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they're just not talking about it. They're focusing, granted, this is Jackie's father. Like, this is important. Right. But it bothers me that it doesn't come up at all. Well, and when it does later on, it's kind of just, like, brushed over. Yeah, because there's, you know, a couple of mentions in the Steve stuff. Like, there's really nothing to say. I feel like Mary covered it in her synopsis. Right. There's rumors that Steve's mom is dating someone younger, and she's doing the whole thing of, like, don't believe all the rumors. You should give people their privacy. We're clearly leading up to something. Yeah. But then – So we have that scene where Steve finds out that this guy that his mom is supposedly dating is much younger than her. Mm -hmm. But then we go to the beach apartment where Jackie, Kelly, and Matt are hanging out. And the only comment about David is that Jackie turns to Matt and is like, so you're representing my son in his statutory rape case? And he's just like, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I guess, I guess I am. And he's awkward about it because he's in a lull as Kelly says, and he just, like, steps outside to get some air, and that's the last we hear of Jackie and Kelly talking about David's case. Yeah, because they immediately start talking about how, I guess, Grandpa wants someone to pull the plug. He does not want to extend his life, and Jackie's like, well, I have power of attorney, and I disagree, so I'm going to disobey his wishes in his will. And 
I mean, you just know that Kelly's going to Kelly at that point. Well, and the thing is, is, like, it is a complicated matter. Like, I can't imagine, like, being forced to be in this situation, right? Like, your grandfather or your dad is going through, you know, because they basically said, like, surgery or not, the prognosis is six months. And mm-hmm. so, you know, the, the the argument for the grandfather is, like, I don't know if I even want the surgery. I think I just kind of want to, like, live out the rest of my life. And Sure, that's his decision, right? It's his decision ultimately, but because he does have power of attorney and a living will, of course, it makes things complicated and everybody else can have their own opinion and and do what they think is the right decision. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, of course, Kelly's going to Kelly because of her work in the foundation, because of her work at the clinic, because of her just being her. (laughs) And I, I don't really know who I agree with here. Like, I think I would just side with grandpa no matter what. That's a, so I was going to say I think I side with grandpa because he was very yeah. clear with what he wanted and you know basically TLDR like Kelly goes and tells him that her mom is going to disobey him and she's going to refuse to help him end his life when he wants to which yeah again is a complicated thing and grandpa ends up talking to Jackie and being like I realize you're too close I shouldn't have put this on you and then puts it on Kelly yeah, I'm going to put it on my 23, 24, however old she is, granddaughter to do this instead of my daughter. Like, I – that was wild to me. I know. And, like, of course that was going to happen on TV because yeah. that's what's going to happen. But, like, Kelly is just shell-shocked by the consequences yeah. of her own actions. Yeah. she She's like, oh, look, the consequences of my actions. And, like, I feel so bad. I really feel like he should just hire somebody. Right, you know, an outside, like at least an attorney, like an estate attorney or something like that. Mm, oh my god, you know what? Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Matt shows up to the hospital with them multiple times, even though there's this whole triangle with Dylan, Kelly, and Matt. Because to go back to the actual timeline and what's at hand, Dylan actually just shows up at the beach apartment completely uninvited, unannounced, whatever, and. Just kind of like breezes past Matt and is like, you shouldn't smoke, by the way. If David can't pay his legal fees, call me, okay? Mm-hmm. And then, and like, then he, he, he's like, all he's trying to do is like knock on Kelly's door and get his attention, get her attention. He's like, hey, you want to go for a drive? You want to just like go for a ride with me? And she's like, um, I can't really do that. I'm kind of in a family crisis. I just, I can't just drop everything. And Dylan, Dylan is so smug about this. Like, he is just like, you used to, you know, the girl I knew used to, basically. And then um, Dylan basically walks away but says that Matt might be able to help her with her problems, but Dylan can make her forget her problems. And I'm like, oh, I see where this is going. I see yep. in so many ways, forms, and fashions how this is going. And this is where I realized that I know why I'm having issues with Dylan because – these are things that 20-year-olds say, 23, 24. Like, this is the stupid behavior you do in your 20s where you're like, yeah, I just help her forget her problems. Mm-hmm. But the problem is Luke Perry looks like he's 40. I know. I know. He's He has certainly aged, like, in – and not in a bad way. I don't mean that at all. He's it's still just, a very handsome man. It's just outside of the, I guess, window of passing – for a 23-year-old in this show. He looks so much mm-hmm. older than everybody else. And that's saying something because everybody else is older than their age. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it feels like 
you know, John went to talk to a 20 year old and gave them grief about something where I'm like, you're 36 and a homeowner. What are you doing? Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, to be fair, I guess none of these people own a home. Uh, now granted they're, tw- you know, but, but that's the thing. Like, yeah, it makes sense that they would act like this as 20 year old, right. 24 year olds. But then yeah, Luke Perry shows up and is just like, Hey child, <laughs> let me help you forget your problems. I'm parked in the <laughs> handicapped spot downstairs. Exactly. My back hurts. But God, speaking <laughs> of like dumb decisions though, you know, we see like later on after this scene, um, Denise basically is admitting to using a fake ID that said she was 21 to get into the pee pad, which is something we established, like, that would help David's case, if so. But mm-hmm. it's some sort of, I guess, mediation or something, despite the fact that David has yeah. a training order against him. And David just gets mad when the family gets mad because David pipes up when he's not supposed to. It's all supposed to go through the legal teams. And leaves, and then he just, like, hounds them by chasing after them in the, I guess, Justice Center or wherever they are at. And I'm like, wow, this is I, – I don't have a lot to say. I literally put in my notes, I don't have a lot to say because this is so shitty. Yeah, I'll let – okay, I, will, I won't lie. I wrote a lot here, but it's, it's statistics about things I don't really feel equipped to talk about, so I'm not going to say what I Googled. But, like, I'm going to really need this show – to stop forcing us to side with men in rape allegations. Mm. Like, off the top of my head, Steve, multiple times, I think, Noah and David in the last 30 episodes together, like, why? Why are you making it so frequent that this group of kids is being accused of crime, of of sex crimes? Like, not even just like, oh, you stole some chapstick. It's like, no, you raped a woman. Yeah. why is the show doing this? I don't I don't understand because like it's one thing to make a commentary on how there's complexity when it comes to consensual sex or appeared consensual sex. Like there are gray areas and that's fine mm-hmm. to take that stance. But could we not go the other way sometimes? Could we not show, you know, uh, like other situations? It's like we're seeing the same thing over and over. The difference is like in one case the the victim was drugged and in another case the victim was a minor like what like why don't we see some some i don't know it just sexual assault and sexual misconduct is a very easy storyline to put in shows but very mm-hmm. hard to get right and so i don't understand why they're attempting to do this in a variety of different ways except the Accuse, or I guess the victim is always a woman. The mm-hmm. assaulter is always a man, but the assaulter always gets let off. Yeah. So why and why are we doing the same thing just in a little bit different way each time? Well, and that's the thing is like it feels like the show, meaning to or not, is propagating the idea that false rape allegations are seventy five percent chance because literally Steve Noah David. That's mm-hmm. 75% of the guys in the friend group at any given time. Right. Right now it's 60% because we have Matt and Dylan. But mm-hmm. like that's so high and it's really inappropriate and unconscionable to say that that is the realistic expectation of being an adult in the world. Yeah, exactly. It's just such a bad precedent to set. 
Yeah. It also just feels like, and I'm probably just repeating what we've just said in a slightly different way, but like, it feels like over and over again, we're presented with these stories that are just like, Hey, here's a reminder. Um, men also, you know, it's just Mm -hmm. like, it's like, yeah, maybe, maybe something bad happened, but maybe, maybe it wasn't the man's fault. Maybe. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the not all men. And it's like, okay, Mm -hmm. that's great. But look at it on the other side of things. Like, that's not the point. That's not the story we need told. The story we yeah. need told is that women and victims of any way should be taken seriously enough to listen to them. Like, we don't have 100%. to believe people right away, which that's the issue, is this entire story is just painted to make her a liar. In some way. Like, not about the sex, but about the fact – about her age. And so how could David possibly be at fault because she was lying about her – it's like, no, that's not the point. The point is that's that you didn't point. ask questions. You just jumped into bed with somebody and assumed it was all fine. Like, I, anyway, well, we could talk for hours about this. And the fact is, is like, it's just over and over and it's a little tiring. Yeah, that's the thing is – I mean, you saw my notes. You know exactly how many paragraphs I wrote. I kept repeating myself because it was like, I don't know why this is happening. Yeah. But then we go, I guess, speaking of things that won't stop happening, we go to the boutique where Donna's just going to give Gina a dress, altered and everything. Mm-hmm. And Noah comes in. And this is the same conversation that we've had where Donna's like, I just want to talk. Like, you didn't call me last night. You're my boyfriend. I want to hear from you. It just – all the flowers is not what I want. It's not what I need. Yeah. I need to feel protected. And this is the point where Noah gets mad at her and says, you're not going to let me forget this. You're so spoiled. Mm-hmm. And then Gina's like, oh, my God, he called you spoiled? Yeah. <gasps> and, like, already at this point I was already over it. Like, I'm already so – there's like another scene that happens between like in the whole Noah, Gina, Donna thing. And I'm, I literally stopped typing and I was like, I'm bored. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's going to keep happening because the next scene is when Dylan goes to visit David at his house and they're basically doing the same thing where David's like, well, maybe I am guilty in his David Moby way. And then Dylan says, maybe you just feel guilty in his yeah. weird Dylan's back and jaded in a different way since. Oh, yeah. This was the scene. The only thing I really wrote down here is I'm like, yeah, Dylan's got some demons. Like from the last we saw him, which obviously he already had demons. But of course, last we saw him, you know, his wife was being murdered. So along the way, like stuff maybe got slightly better, but there's also other stuff that got worse. I'm also very interested in the wife stuff because David asks Dylan about Tony And he's like, yeah, I think I'm getting better because I only think about her every other minute. Right. Which, like, I don't know. It would just be really interesting that he's talking about how he's still not over the death of his wife, but he's also going after Kelly the way he is, and he's been with Brenda for Mm. years. Well, (laughs) okay. We'll talk about that. Well, that's why it makes me wonder if, like, because I don't remember if this happens or not, but that makes me wonder – if they're trying to set those seeds right now and, and make it seem like love, but it really is like vengeance, you know, and like they might mm-hmm. bring up the Marchette stuff again. Um, okay. I don't know, but like to your points, like his behavior screams that he's over the love part of with Tony, but maybe not over the death part. 
Yeah. And then Steve is furious that his mother is dating a child. Mm-hmm. Another oh really God. weird parallel. It is a weird parallel, but my God, was Samantha fired. This is what I'm talking about. Sometimes these writers give these women such wonderful lines about empowerment and sexism and, like, feminism and all this stuff. And then they do these rape storylines over and over where the woman is wrong. And I'm like, yeah, because this scene's perfect. Like, basically, Samantha throws it back in his face that his dad dated people that could be steve's sister and steve goes it's different no it's not you asshole no it's not and janet also says it shouldn't be and walks away once again proving that janet is us just 30 years ago and samantha then also had receipts about other famous relationships like michael douglas and gwyneth paltrow and there was a couple of more a couple more that she mentioned that i didn't write down but yeah the point is is he's like look at these older guys getting with younger women When I do it, now it's all disgusting. You're wrong, and I'm not going to back down from this. Yeah. And then I had a thought. So I I know the same kind of conversation was still happening when Ashton and Demi get together in, like, Mm -hmm. I think it was, like, 2003 I saw. So still five years from now. But, like, in-universe, you know Steve would look at Demi more and be like, fuck yeah, she can get it. I wish I was with her. Like, it's going to be so different. But, like – yeah, he's so horrible here. And I love that every woman in the room just mm-hmm. stands up to him. And it's like, absolutely yeah. not. You're so wrong. Get out. Well, because it's true. Like, and it's still true. Like, you know, it's it. of course, anytime there's a big age gap, you always wonder, yes, questions, regardless of mm-hmm. the gender. But you always say things like, well, when did they start dating? How old were we? How old were they when they started dating? And is this a power dynamic thing? Because sometimes mm-hmm. that's a problem. I mean, that's always a problem if there's a power dynamic and if in the age of when they date, if it was, you know, one was a minor or something like that. But the point is, is an age different doesn't always have to be bad. But Mm -hmm. there is always, it seems, still like a double standard when it comes to which of which person is the older one and which one's the younger one. Yeah, exactly. So we go to the boutique again. Now wear this. It's really cute. So like Donna and Kelly are talking, but then Donna sees that Dylan is out in the courtyard and does this whole like, if there was a cute guy waiting for you in the courtyard right now, who do you want it to be, Matt Mm -hmm. or Dylan? Mm -hmm. And Kelly turns around. She sees it's Dylan. And for some reason this time he's willing to listen to her problems. Um, It (laughs) kind of feels like we're canonizing in this conversation that the reason that Kelly and Brandon broke up is because the sex with Dylan was better, in my opinion. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I mean, they're talking about the spark and, like. Well, yeah, because the whole premise is, like, Kelly's like, well, Brandon and I were best friends, but we didn't swing from chandeliers. And Dylan was like, well, if I know anything, you and I were not best friends. <laughs> 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 And, like, he's like, oh, so are you saying I didn't come between you? And then she pauses. And he's like, it's okay. You can say that you and I swung from chandeliers and you didn't with him. Right. And, like, but then she does end up saying, like, this has nothing to do with you, which I don't fully believe. But I also don't not believe it. Like, I believe it's more of an out of sight, out of mind thing rather than a direct Mm -hmm. correlation between why she and Brandon didn't work out. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think this would be a retcon if it was going to be about Dylan, but it's one that would be believable. Yeah, depending on how they do it, right? 
But For anyway, sure. he he explains that he's staying at a different hotel than the Bellage. Um, which I was kind of hoping he was still the Bellage, but I understand I how that might be a trigger for him. And so he asked her to stop by the hotel for dinner sometime. And she admits, and I actually kind of love this line, when she admits that him being there scares her. But mostly because Loved she it. hadn't planned on it. You know, like, I think it could have been left with it scares her and they could have ended the scene. But even that she says, like, she hadn't planned on it it does pr- prove to me that he has more power over her than she realized. But if she had been prepared, maybe things would have been different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I keep toying in my head thinking it would have been interesting to have Dylan come back before Brandon left, but after mm-hmm. Brandon and Kelly agreed to stop being together just to yeah. see what that dynamic would be like because of this scene, because of mm-hmm. them saying like, I didn't plan for you. That scares me. And Dylan being convinced that he's the reason they didn't get married. Right, exactly. And then we get Gina going over to see Noah at the Casa Walsh. I'm really struggling with everybody moving around. But also when Dylan said he didn't have anywhere to live, I was like, Val's room is free and there's a bedroom in in David's house. He's going somewhere. Yep. But – like Gina wants to spend time with Noah. She tries to invite him to dinner. And like when he doesn't immediately go for it, she tries to say that he should just break up with Donna because she's not being nice to him. And then is just kidding. I was just kidding. You know that, right? It just again, this is this is the point where I wrote down I'm bored. Because it's the same scene in, you know, four different ways. The only thing I liked about it was when he was like, I like that dress. Is it one of Donna's? Yeah, that was a good little own. Yeah. She needs to get over this. He's too stupid for anybody but Donna. He's obsessed with Donna. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And so then we get a couple of short scenes. You know, Matt goes to his apartment, but he can't get his key in because he's six six weeks behind on rent. So his stuff is in the mailroom and he's being kicked out. So he really is broke. And then we go to the hospital and Kelly is just like, chilling with her grandpa he's looking at old pictures and and stuff like that and he talks about his time okay. in the war real quick about grandpa he basically insinuates that they are like the original settlers of beverly hills right I, yeah like he he's like we've been here since normandy like <laughs> <laughs> before normandy because after the photo was taken was when he enlisted and then he right. went to normandy on d-day because of course everyone in this friend group has war heroes in their families yeah it can't just be like oh i was like working on you know planes as a mechanic i never saw like infantry you know it's it's always infantry and it's always like the most devastating part of the war or just work on the farm yeah exactly but yeah then we go over the peach uh the pee pad and this is where we learn david's got his trial in six weeks he basically like wants Matt to defend him and all that kind of stuff and then he wants Dylan to admit that Kelly is why he's back in the first place but of course Dylan is still coy about everything and won't admit to anybody why he's back at all yeah he's back because Mm -hmm. and we also see Matt is trying to get on the Beverly Beats retainer because once again the gang cannot have a job unless their friend is employing them that's right that's right it's literally like 
It's the narrative. This was pre-written. Oh, that's why they chose lawyer. They're like, what does the Beverly Beat not have yet? What does the friend group not have yet? A lawyer. <laughs> a lawyer. A lawyer. I like that. I like that now that we have a lawyer on cast, like, we can just commit crimes now and it's fine. <laughs> we'll always have representation and it might be for free. <laughs> it's basically 90210 The Purge. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the next scene is when Mrs. Teasley goes to the pee pad, which is easily the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. It is literally like in Mean Girls when Damien, Janice, and Katie see uh, <laughs> Tina Fey wearing that like vest or whatever and Damien's like oh my god I love seeing teachers outside of school it's like seeing, watching a dog walk on its hind legs <laughs> but in reality oh it's completely inappropriate what happens here because she goes yeah. to Dylan who is not involved in this at all other than where he's inserted himself and tells him all about Denise's personal life yeah and then Steve compares his mom dating Barry to David being in a statutory issue with a 17-year-old. And then Steve sees the guy that Samantha is supposedly dating or allegedly dating, dancing with some other woman. And so Steve just goes up and punches him for cheating on Samantha. And of course, Mrs. T sees the whole thing. And she's literally just thinking, oh, God, some things never change. <laughs> okay. Also, another fight in the pee pad. Let's just throw that out there. Mm -hmm. middle of a packed dance floor steve is throwing mm -hmm. punches steve yep. was it was steve ever involved in ownership or management i don't think so mm -hmm. nope but i really expected this to be like barry's twin brother or like a look-alike mm -hmm. or something because the way he acts to steve is just like why would samantha sanders care that i'm at a club like yeah it's not even that he recognizes steve he acts like he has no idea why steve mm -hmm. is interrupting him yeah good point so honestly this part kind of really pissed me off that like <laughs> barry is not great at anything yeah and then because of this fight noah is going to be late to meet donna for dinner turns out donna invited him over for a date he's supposed to be there at nine he calls her and deletes a message or he calls her and leaves a message that he'll be late, but Gina manages to delete it without Donna hearing it, even though Donna was walking into the room as Noah was leaving the message out loud. I'm telling you, boring. Done. And this is, Overdone. Overplayed. This is literally overplayed in this relationship. This is the second time a woman has thrown out a message. Yep. Like, I, like I'm over it. It's not interesting. Yeah. It just, it blows my mind. And then Noah shows up late. Donna doesn't want to hear anything, and they don't speak. Yeah. Like, she shuts the door in his face, and he doesn't try. Well, okay. He tries, but he goes home and leaves her a bunch of messages that just say, it's me. Please forgive me. I did leave a message. I'm sorry. I was late. And, like, Donna keeps deleting the messages. Gina keeps up the lie. And then, finally, Donna gets to catch Gina in a lie because the supposed, like, uh, agent or manager or whoever that Gina said she had, his name is Mel, and he's not interested in representing her. And so, like, you know, Donna isn't really that mad about it. She's just like, oh, I'm really sorry. It must be hard for you right now. It's, it sounds like you're going through something. And Gina's, like, sarcastic but serious about being happy that 
or like doesn't want her Donna's pity and then like you have a great boyfriend and a great place to live like la 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 so I don't understand I this this was bad writing in my opinion that was the thing it sounded like she was yeah being like oh my god I think you guys are perfect and you're gonna end up together like mad about it but then nobody is ever like well then why have you been saying that like seriously we need to talk about the fact that you've Mm -hmm. been talking shit about him Mm-hmm. Like Donna asks, but then they drop it immediately. I just, I don't care. Give give Gina care. something more interesting, and then I'll care. Exactly. Like I don't care about Donna and Noah. Again, I wrote in my notes. I was like, why is this happening? Why does right. everyone care? Just right. let them implode. Because they're gonna. Like you can. You they're can, gonna. Gina can literally like witness how shitty the relationship is without her meddling. So just let it happen, and then she'll get what she wants. Just be patient, girl. Val was a patient person, and now we're on our segment of what would Val have done and how would she have done it better. (laughs) (laughs) So I forgot to mention this last week, but when Donna introduced Gina to Noah as her boyfriend, I was like, wait, really? Like, y'all aren't broken up yet? Yes, exactly. When she slams the door in his face and says bye, I was like, was that a breakup? Right, I need exactly. someone to be clear. I know. We need some clear defined like terms here. Are we together or are we not? Or are we on a break? I do think we need a graphic at the beginning of every episode being like, who's dating who? Who's recently broken up with who? What do we need to oh be concerned God. about? That makes me think about <laughs> in Parks and Rec when um, uh, – the pie that gets thrown during the campaign trail and Andy's trying to figure out who did it. And he's just like, I've been staring at this board for hours. I just can't figure it out. And it's literally like a picture of the pie with one string connected to the picture of Jerry being hit in the face. (laughs) And I'm just like, if we just saw a picture of like Noah and a a string connected to Donna, it's like, are they dating or are they not? I can't figure it out. (laughs) It's just someone like constantly undoing the pin and then putting Mm -hmm. it back. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Man, we get a couple of other small scenes, but it's again for stories that I just don't care about at the moment. Like, well, because like Matt's trying to get job, get businesses, but then he hangs up because he's too embarrassed to say that he's like trying to get in like a personal injury attorney job, right? And then Kelly like deflect, or sorry, then he deflects when Kelly's like, "Oh, I tried to call your apartment and leave a message, but I couldn't," and all this, and then they talk about her grandfather and and la 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 and then he ends up saying that he's not going to be in the middle of the Dylan stuff but whatever they need to work out go ahead and do it like we like go ahead (laughs) I'm pretty sure I don't know this is a quote but I kind of wrote it in quotes of like what we've got can wait yeah and it was like Matt that's not romantic and you just learned from Steve that Kelly and Dylan think they're soulmates so you saying this is pretty much guaranteeing you to never get with Kelly well, right. Like he, like he either needed to like stand up for himself in this moment and say like, "Look, you got to define it. I'm not, but I'm not going to wait around forever," you know, or just say like, "I recognize we kind of started something, but we didn't really establish what it was, so no pressure." You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, there's a couple different ways to say this, and I think he was going for something that was romantic to maybe convince her to be with him, but it just wasn't like forceful enough or like I guess not forceful it's the wrong word but confident enough so it just kind of came across as like he's just bowing out yeah and then Dylan goes to Denise's house to force her parents to listen to him he literally Mm -hmm. shoves the door open with his foot 
-hmm. and basically plays a, like, I was an ignored child, and then I did bigger things to get attention. I had to live in a hotel because my parents ignored me. And then apparently, long story short, Denise's parents are like, our daughter's a good daughter. She would never do things. And then Dylan's like, don't hurt my friend. And so they drop the charges. Literally. Like, they literally, Denise goes to see David and she's like, what happened between us was wrong but not a crime. Which is categorically false. Literally (laughs) false. (laughs) But... She says she's not going to testify. The charges are going to be dropped. So David just turns to Dylan and is like, I'm free, bro. You got to need some paperwork or something. Right? Like, good Lord. Yeah. And then Denise apologizes when she didn't do anything wrong. No. It was her parents that was like, it was her parents and it was David, right? Her parents for being shitty and ignoring her to the point where she felt like she had to act out. And then David for sleeping with her and not figuring out how old she was first. Yeah. I mean, it's on her for misrepresenting her age, but it's not like she was doing it to entrap David or anything. No, no. She's being a stupid 17-year-old. In the very first episode, Brenda went home with a lawyer at 15. Like, yeah. It's fine. Kids are stupid. But is this the point where David offers Dylan the other bedroom? Yes. Yeah, because then David basically asked Dylan what he said to the parents. And he basically said, Dylan's just like, well, I told him that I don't like living in a hotel. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And David's (laughs) like, hey, I got a second bedroom here. This is completely independent from anything you just said. But do you want to live here? And he's like, yep, sounds good. And they do their, like, handshake with the snap fingers thing. We have not seen David have a roommate since What's-His-Face in the house that became David's house. (laughs) That guy was named Mark. Like four Marks ago. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so one bedroom's taken. But, yeah, Um, then we have to go back to the Beverly Beat um, where this is where we find out that Janet and Steve are being sued for libel. You know, he's like, but we said allegedly. (laughs) You're an idiot. (laughs) And then Matt just happens to be there because of this situation. And Steve is like, hey, I'll give you a free place to stay if you are, you know, my lawyer on this. And Matt could not be happier. His face was I know. (laughs) He's just like, oh, my God, I'm moving ready. Let's go. Yeah. And I'm like, but wait a minute. Didn't Gina move in? So. No, Gina's in. Gina's in the third bedroom in the beach apartment. Oh, okay. I so, got that confused. Yeah. Now every house is at full capacity. We've got David okay. and Dylan in one. We've got Noah, Steve, and Matt in Casa Walsh. And we've got Kelly, Donna, and Gina, Gina. in the beach apartment. Oh my God, they're all segmented by gender. That's so boring. I know. <laughs> like we need Val back. <laughs> I know. I feel like this is just a recipe for disaster. And also, when did the men start out out uh, numbering the women in the show? I only just realized it when I said them out loud. Because yeah. because Gina or not Gina because Val left and Dylan came in. Yeah. I hate it. Well, also but, I guess Janet too, but she just doesn't live with anybody. Like she has her own yeah. place to live. That's fair. I did not include Janet because she's not that into the group yet yeah but there is one other thing because since steve punched that guy in the face his mom has to come in and yell at him 
Mm-hmm. And yeah, this is where we find out it was really the guy. And she was like, I don't care what he does because I'm not dating him. Like, why can't you just tell Steve these things? He's stupid. You have to write it out. And I bet she's like realized that in this moment because then she just spills all the beans, right? Like she's like, I, you know, he's like, but please just tell me the person you're dating is not that young. And and he's like, they're 40, or Samantha says they're 48. And so he's like, oh, thank God. Like, you know, how old is Samantha at this point? Like, I mean, not that it matters. It doesn't matter. But what I mean is like, is that quote unquote better? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it's got to be if, in Steve's brain. Yeah. If Steve's 23, then. Samantha adopted him, I guess, when he was a baby. I think she was older when yeah. they adopted. I think because they had tried to have a kid and it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And then his dad had the affair after they were married and had been I trying. I imagine she's like 50s. Right. Like she looks really good, but 50 probably and sounds about right. So 48. Like adults then in the 90s looked way older than they actually were. I mean, we're literally talking about how 30 somethings are playing 20 something. So who right. knows? Yeah. But anyway doesn't matter because Steve is relieved at that. But then Samantha just keeps going and she's like, also, you should know that the person that I'm dating, her name is Linda. <laughs> Linda. And I was like, yes, we finally get a gay relationship on the show and we'll never, ever see it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But so Steve is like shell-shocked in this moment. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure we don't see him again for the entire episode. So like, mm-hmm. I think we're going to get to see Steve process that his mother is a lesbian and I'm excited and nervous about it. Like, I yeah. feel like this is going to be a thing where he's going to want to process it his way of just yeah. being like, well, are you sure you're a lesbian? Or like, you're not a lesbian. But then Janet makes him realize that right. he doesn't have to be a dick. Well, and maybe, yeah, like maybe this is a good turning point for him because like and, – and I hate that it sometimes has to come – like, you have to come to this realization like this. Like, you shouldn't have to, like, suddenly learn a lesson or be empathetic for something because it then happens to you or happens mm-hmm. to people around you. But if it does happen like that, then at least it happened, right? Like, yes. you know, of course you want to have empathy for people who are in situations different than you just naturally. But I would rather it happen this way for Steve than nothing at all. Yeah, agreed. And then, you know, to wrap everything up, Noah shows up at the boutique and I really appreciate that he's like, look, the fight about the message, whether or not I left one, not important. We're just going to move on because you have no evidence I did it and you don't trust me and that's what the problem is. Yeah. And it's like, finally, you guys have figured it out or at least Noah has and Donna's like, yeah, you're right. It is about that. (laughs) Like admitting to it, you know? I appreciate so much that he's like, you don't trust me. I want to earn it back, but you have to tell me that I can earn it yeah. back. Yeah. Like, I loved it. And I love that he went against what Gina said in the jewelry store and bought her the angel the pin charm. because she loves angels. And she was so happy about it. Right. Like, that doesn't mean she's spoiled. That just means she was thankful. Yeah. Because he listened to her and knows that she loves angels. Exactly. Oh, my God. Also, yeah, I – I did want to mention this because we haven't seen or heard about Gina ever, right? Yeah, yeah. So at one point Gina mentions eighth grade, which means that, you know, they were hanging out pretty consistently at at least 13, and then we never heard from her again. Why would 
Noah bring her to pick out gifts for Donna? Like, why wouldn't he go to Kelly? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think, I mean, obviously it was just a device, right? It was like yeah. just to get them in the same place for purposes of the plot. But yeah, in reality, it makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah. It was just a little nitpicky thing where I was like, we yeah. haven't seen or heard from this girl in 10 years. Like, if I had some random cousin pop up after 10 years, I'd be like, so, um, do you like cheese? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, what What are your hobbies? Like, <laughs> so question. Um, so... Donna went to, like, elementary school, middle school, all of the school with Kelly and Dylan and Steve and the whole core group, right? I would think I so. I think so. I know Kelly and Dylan definitely did. I think Steve and, and Donna Steve. did as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We, yeah. We at least know it was, like, Kelly, Dylan, Steve, and I would assume Donna, too, because we haven't heard otherwise. Yeah, and I didn't notice this, and it's probably because, like, they didn't put Gina in scenes with other people who weren't Donna and Noah. Like, it would have been kind of cool if the writers had other characters, like, acknowledge that they remember who Gina is. Right. But they don't because Donna has to introduce her to Kelly in the last episode. Yeah. So maybe – because I remember also they were saying they grew up on two different sides of the tracks because Felice married a doctor, successful doctor – so I'm almost uh-huh. wondering if, like, maybe they lived in Beverly Hills, but they went to, like, it's the poor part or, you know, right outside Beverly Hills that then they went to maybe the not-so-great school, but were close enough in proximity to still grow up mm. together. Even though they mentioned eighth grade, maybe they're just the same age. So when she references eighth grade, like, it was when they were both in eighth grade. Okay, yeah. No, that would make a lot more sense. But even still, yeah. like, you'd think, yeah. like, Oh, hey, Kelly and Gina are both – yeah, at a birthday party or something. Like some way, like because – like they reference Gina stealing some boy from Donna in eighth grade. Yeah. Exactly. It's like how would she have stolen that boy if they didn't go to the same school or at least were in each other's lives enough to be in each other's circle? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But nope, nobody knows her. Gina's just very forgettable. That's right. That's right. (laughs) poor girl Well, and then we mosey to the last and final scene and i gotta tell you this is a what wild scene the fact I'm that we furious. heard so many different things from dylan in this scene i can't so anyway it's kelly and dylan kelly had called dylan right after she was told by her grandfather that she is now the power of attorney and she has to make the decisions for him she called dylan asking him if he was still interested in helping her forget her problems so they meet up at the beach And they're kind of talking about the grandpa stuff, and he still won't tell her why he came back. But then he rattles off this list of climbing K2. Two people died while doing that, and one of them should have been him. He's been away from Brenda for two years. He apparently learned how to fly. No idea what that means. Could mean drugs. Could mean an actual plane. (laughs) He raced motorcycles and just tried to forget. Again, what does that mean? That is five things that I never thought I would hear Dylan McKay say. Well, okay. And let's also talk about the fact that this is episode eight. Yeah. When we came into this season, episode one, was literally the same day that I think we had heard Kelly and Brandon talk about how they were going to see Brenda and Dylan together on their honeymoon. Exactly. Like, this literally doesn't work in this season. This retcon is off, and I don't know why they did it. I don't either. Like, they could have explained Dylan's absence 
so much differently that took literally just a rewatch of the first episode of this season. It's just infuriating. I don't know why they had to do this because like in my mind, if you're going to write this whole thing, you can still follow so much of this story. You can say that Dylan came back because of Kelly, but you can go ahead and say that like he heard that Kelly and Brandon broke up and that Brandon left through Brenda or right. through Brandon himself. Right. And that was the thing that made him realize that he wanted to be back in Beverly Hills and Brenda didn't want to come with him. So that's the end of them. Exactly. Exactly. Like we could still do this. We could still have that like he wanted to go on all these adventures, but because Brenda was in theater, she had to stay because she was constantly in runs of cat on a hot tin roof. Like, I sorry, it really pisses me off that they retconned this. Well, and even they could have made him say he missed his friends and Miss Kelly because arguably she's the person who was always the closest to him and not made it be about that, right? Like, mm-hmm. they can say that he simply just missed being around people that were close to his home. They don't have to then decide that it took him going on these adventures and lying about how long he was with Brenda and like all this kind of stuff it could literally just be like no I was with Brenda she and I were fine until we weren't and then I Mm -hmm. wanted to come home because I missed home like that's it like it doesn't have to be something more extravagant than that yeah but instead I mean this has to be because Luke Perry came back to the show if he had stayed written off he would be with Brenda happily in London yeah exactly it's just the way they've retconned it means that Tony died he left ran to Brenda on a rebound, they went for a year and then blew up, and then he bummed around the world. Yeah, exactly. I don't I don't like it. It just doesn't make sense. Just doesn't make sense. But it does that's how we end the episode and I'm I'm still even though they are doing things weird by Dylan, I'm still so happy he's back. I have missed that boy. I'm still happy. I think once now that we're past the Denise story, that was a complete bullshit story that I hate so much. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, maybe it was to prove that David and Dylan are friends. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I I think I'm ready for Dylan to be back. I think it could be interesting. And Luke Perry is just so pretty. He is. And I will say, like, something I found out this week, actually, is that Brian Austin Green and Luke Perry were very, very close even to the point where, like, after the show ended, they stayed close up until his death. And so I saw something recently where Brian Austin – I don't know if it was on his podcast or he was on another podcast where he literally said he was so shook by the news of Luke Perry dying that he refused to believe it. He he picked up his phone and called him and said, no, he's going to answer. He's going to answer. Like, he just was so shook by it. So I, I'm pretty sure, like, part of the reason – they're putting uh, David and Dylan close together right now is because they were so close. I know, right? That's gonna, I'm going to cry. That's going to make me so sad. I know. It was like the sweetest thing and the most like devastating thing I've read in a while. I love that so much. Yeah. I mean, I hate it, but I love it, you know? Totally. <sighs> okay. So do we have anything else we want to talk about or do we want to talk about – do we have quotes and moments? Because I got to be honest, I hated this episode. I don't know that I've got anything. Yeah. I mean, the only quote that I had would, was just really the like Samantha Janet 
when it came to the mm, differences yeah. in age. I just like that scene because it's for again for once it was that kind of female empowerment and double standard pointing out that we almost need every episode because we do it the wrong way. <laughs> we have to then redo it. <laughs> so that's all. That's fair. Yeah, I will. I will take that. And I think. Um, Honestly, I think that's maybe it. There's there's a couple of little cute things like Donna's whole if there was a cute guy waiting for you, who do you want it to be? Yeah. But like I think we've pretty much established that as it stands, Matt has no chance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mary, what about you? So no quotes, no real moments. Um, the only thing I kind of wanted to mention is that I thought it was adorable that Dylan and Kelly put on leather coats to go to the beach together. <laughs> <laughs> Just their outfits matching. Like, they were not things you wear to the beach, but, like, they matched and they looked cute. So <laughs> I don't know. You, like, Kelly always matches whoever she's dating. Like, always. Yes. <laughs> But yeah, yeah. Uh, some leather coat on the beach time, I suppose. <laughs> it's about as realistic as the rest of the episode. So what's next week's episode? All right. So next week we have season nine, episode nine, the following options. All I can think of is like love triangles. Like yeah. specifically Kelly, Matt, and Dylan. But I don't know. It feels like that's not it. Or just, like, too common for the show? <laughs> Maybe Gina Donna Noah. <laughs> I, who would have thought? <laughs> it sounded like saying a sentence in Simlish, just listing those three yeah. names. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Whatever. We'll find out. Like, I'm not even excited about hearing of a love triangle of Gina Donna Noah. Right? Uh-uh. We'll find out what it is next week. And until then, you can follow us on Instagram at back to Podcast. Or you can send us an email with any of your thoughts at backtopodcast at gmail.com. That's B-A-C-K-T-O podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to go into your podcast app and rate, review, subscribe, share it with all your friends and family. All that stuff really helps us get seen and build a community and then give you all a better product. And if you leave us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts, we'll give you a shout out on the show because we really appreciate you. So until next week from Back to Podcast. I gotta go tell Steve Sanders to aim higher. I don't like living in a hotel. Can I live at your house? <laughs> I'm back because. Bye. Bye. <laughs> See ya. <laughs>